Thank you for being with us today. We would love to have you join us in person. To partner with us or to give online, go to www.upperroomohio.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Welcome Liam to the church for the very first time ever. So welcome baby Liam. Uh, we just ask that you welcome him from afar these first few weeks. So we'll keep, uh, keep your distance there, but uh, you can goo-goo and gaga from a distance, all right? That's awesome. Hey, if you're here for the first time or first few times, thanks for coming back. Uh, if it's a few times, if it's your first time, next week's going to be totally different. So, so we welcome you to come back to see what's up next week, because every week we have no idea what God's going to do. We like it that way, right? Okay, I told a funny story at first service. It didn't go over too well, so because I don't have another story, I'm going to start with the same funny story that was kind of like a dead balloon, all right? So um, I I got, there's been a guy on light duty at the fire department working, and he's been eating bologna sandwiches for lunch every day. It's either bologna sandwich or peanut butter and jelly. And it's like, it's like a kid's dream, right? So I'm flashing back to childhood and all of a sudden, lately I've been craving bologna sandwiches. No, I'm not pregnant. So I've been craving these bologna sandwiches. So uh, we were gonna be cooking up, I think hamburgers and Olivia didn't like hamburgers. So I'm like, that's okay, I'll get you bologna. You love hot dogs. Have you ever tried bologna? We'll get you bologna. So we had this bologna in our fridge at the house. So last night we got done from the pool party. Who had a good time at the pool party? So much fun. I honestly, it's one of my favorite nights of the year that has to do with anything with church. It's like just a big family having fun. It was awesome. One of the cool things I pointed out in first service was it was so cool. There was a few of you that actually brought your grandkids. That was really cool to see, to see grandparents who didn't want to swim probably, who didn't want to, you know, necessarily come, but they came for their grandkids. And that was, that was really, really awesome to see them having fun and the grandkids just splashing around and having a good time. So anyway, I get home from that last night. It's late. I'm hungry. All right. Anybody else, like there's certain things that trigger food. Like anytime there's a church event or church service ever, no matter where I'm at in the world, no matter what time of day or night it is, I have to eat after a church service. I think it's the, go- the, the second golden rule, all right? I think you have to eat after any church event. So anyways, I'm, I'm at home, I'm hungry, and I'm like, ding, 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 bologna. So I get the bologna out, I'm like, oh man, and I see even some salami in there. I'm like, whoa, we never have salami. What's happening to Nicole right now? That's too unhealthy for our house. Yes! So I break out the salami and then I get open up the cabinet and I'm like, whoa, there's even hoagie buns. So I get out the hoagie buns, these little hoagie buns things. I'm like, yes. So I get it all together and I'm like, oh man, I open up, there's cheese and it's pepper jack. And I'm like, oh, we're getting fancy now. High class, thick sliced bologna. Now pepper jack cheese. So now I get to the point of, okay, now what do I, I forget as a kid what I put on bologna. Was it mayonnaise, ketchup, or mustard? I can't remember. Mustard sounds good. But I don't want plain mustard because that would be too low end for me. So I want the Dijon mustard, all right? So that's the whole point of the funny part of the story. I'm having a bologna sandwich, but I didn't want just plain mustard. I had to have Dijon mustard. So I'm searching through the fridge. I'm starting to get frantic that it doesn't exist in our fridge. Nicole's like, I bought it. I know it's there. So I open up the pantry. I'm digging, digging, digging. I can't find it. Hey, Nicole, you you said it's in the pantry. It's not there. It's there. How many of you in your homes have been through this scenario before? 
Whew. She opens the door, pulls out a drawer, picks it right out. I'm like, I looked there for 30 seconds. I didn't see anything. It was buried, wasn't it? No, it was right there in front of your face, you know, one of those. So anyway, I delighted in this fancy, fancy, high-class, five-star bologna sandwich last night. And it was so good, I had a second. All right. Now back tomorrow, I go back to eating healthy again. We kind of like, we are weekend warriors. We eat really healthy, like all organic. Nicole even tries to sneak kale in at me every once in a while. I can't stand kale. So I'll eat like a mixed salad, and all of a sudden, I taste this bitter thing, and I'm like, oh, what is this? The salad's bad. And then one time they did it at a get-together. And I think, was it you, Rachel, that brought this stuff? And they're like, told you you'd notice. And I'm picking out all the kale. I can't stand kale. But back on the train tomorrow. We had a good run, though, for the weekend. All right. So last week, I spoke on the cost of covenant. How many were here last week? Awesome. If you weren't, we're going to catch you up to speed just slightly throughout this week. But get on Vimeo, get on our podcast, check it out. But the cost of covenant. The point is that covenant actually comes with a price. You can't say your covenant and it not cost you anything. A marriage, when you make vows and you make an oath that you're going to live till death do you part, that actually is a commitment that requires some effort. Dallas Willard, he says this quote, he says that God's not opposed uh, to, to earning, he is opposed to effort. God's not opposed to effort, but he is opposed to earning. So you don't need to earn somebody's love, but there is this thing called covenant that requires a little bit of price and it requires a little bit of work. And when you come into covenant, when you, when you want to go deeper than this, it actually comes with a price. You have to actually give something of yourself and actually compromise every once in a while. You actually have to ask good questions and you actually have to choose to love one another every day. It is a choice to love somebody. It is a choice for covenant. It's a choice to come to upper room. It's a choice to put your picture on the family wall. It's a choice to sow into this financially. It is a choice and it's your choice whether or not you do that. The problem is if you don't do it, you're not covenant here. But let, me, let me just say that this, we, we seldom talk about finances. My, friend, my good friend, Jim Baker, he loves talking about finances. I should jump on that train because they're experiencing some crazy financial breakthroughs right now. But anyway, he's, he's written a book on it. He's been here. He's talked about it. And maybe we should talk a little bit more on it since it's like the second talked about thing in the Bible ever. Yeah. Under love, it's like, okay, the thing. So maybe there's some sauce on that. But here's the deal. If you're not giving and you're not faithfully attending, according to our bylaws, you ain't covenant. Oh, he's talking about money today. No, I'm not. I'm just touching on it. But here's the thing, it costs something for covenant. We want the benefits of a church. We want the benefits of cool little brown chairs and nice toilet paper and the thing. But something comes with a cost. Like, like that grass out there, the guys are doing an amazing job. Let's, the lawnmowers, can you just wave at us? Thank you so much. Every week, these lines are getting better and better every week. I'm like, yes. Yeah, baby. I owned a lawn company for seven years, and I, I'm driving by. I'm like, oh, man, they're straighter this week. Yeah, looking good. It comes with a cost to, to do these things. And I'm not, last week, we only referenced time, treasure, talent. That's only as far as I'm going this week. But, but there is a cost to this. There's somebody is pulling those weeds. Jay and Linda, week after week, come and trim bushes and, and pull weeds, and they take care of this place. They take pride in it because they're covenant. They are covenant family here. Listen, the, the walls didn't build themselves. We have blood, sweat, and tears. And I was talking about a lot of this last week. And the other thing we got into was that covenant costs something. And it actually means that I'm willing to die for you, from you, and with you. 
But let me, let me reiterate, I'm willing to not only die for you, I'm not only willing to take a bullet for you, I'm even willing to take a bullet from you. Like, like my people in covenant with me and intimate with me and, and spiritual sons and the people closest to me, they would not only take a bullet for me, they would take one from me because occasionally bullets do fly from me. I'm not perfect. I, I do mess up. I'm, 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 I'm human. You know, I'm as, I'm as good as I can be. Thank God for Jesus. <laughs> Trying to figure out how to say that really nice. Here's the deal. Sometimes bullets fly from me. But covenant means that I'm not only willing to die for you. I'm willing to die even if it's from you. And I'm willing to die with you to make it to the end. So we get to, to last week and we get to this beautiful thing called the cost of covenant. And I'm telling you, it's not pretty. Sometimes it's messy. Sometimes it requires a little effort. Sometimes forgiveness is hard. I'm just going to be honest with you, but that's your choice and covenant, whether or not you forgive that person. Unity is your choice. You can have a disagreement, but it's actually your choice whether or not you're going to keep unified through that disagreement or that confrontation or that issue. Covenant is a choice, but it costs something. There is an investment in this. There's an investment to be in covenant with your spouse. There's an investment to be in covenant with a friend, with family members. Listen, it costs something to raise children. It costs something to give your heart to a child. It costs something to actually pursue your parents and pursue connection with them, especially when you're adults. It costs something. But it costs something for God to send his only begotten son to stay in forever covenant with us. It costs a price. It wasn't free. He says, if you love me, then you obey my commands. There was these if-then statements we referenced last week. If you love me, then you obey my commands. It doesn't say obey my commands, then I'll love you. It says, if you love me, then obey my commands. The covenant is a two-way street on a lot of this, but it's not always a two-way street. Let, let, let me just say that again. Covenant isn't always a two-way street. Let me, let me flash back through some folks in the Bible. Elijah, he goes through this journey. He's plowing the field and he wants this double portion from Elijah. And Elijah comes up to him, puts a cloak on him. Listen, it wasn't necessarily a two-way street. He's saying to him, drop everything you're doing. And if you don't take your eyes off of me and you see me taken up in a chariot of fire, then you can have the mantle and the double portion. The mandate was follow me. Paul told Timothy the same thing. As I follow Christ, follow me. Jesus says, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. The mandate is really simple. But guess what? That covenant isn't necessarily a two-way street. The covenant is your choice. The covenant is up to you. So that, that isn't an easy task and an easy assignment that came with a cost when Elijah is pursuing Elijah. He's saying, listen, you can't take your eyes off of me. If I'm taken up in this whirlwind of fire and you're back sleeping or taking a nap or using the bathroom in the woods and you don't see it, you don't get the double portion. So he's saying, as you journey with me in every city they went through, he, he basically got a job offer to pastor that community. But here's the deal. Sometimes if we don't hold out for the bigger portion, yes, we settle. Listen, your, your nose right now are building interest for a bigger yes. God might be closing a door on certain things or certain areas or certain issues in your life and opening others, but it might be in his timing, not ours. So as we, as we go through this and then all of a sudden, Elijah's taken up in this whirlwind of fire and Elijah sees it and all of a sudden the mantle drops and you know historically then he had twice as many miracles. Elijah had 16 documented, Elijah had 32. 
It was double. Here's the problem I have with Elijah. He actually died with the mantle in the cave. Covenant comes with a cost, but it's meant to be passed on and continued. We, we move into to David. You, you see David in a different picture. Covenant came with a cost. We talked about the three men that broke through enemy lines last week where, where, where it says that they took water because David was thirsty. They broke through enemy lines, came back, gave him the water. David poured it out. He repented because he was thirsty having them get water while other guys were thirsty. Now here's the thing, that covenant came with a price. But guess what David's reward was? The reward of these mighty men and David was Zion. It was ruling and reigning with heaven on earth. It was ruling and reigning a kingdom. There is this reward in covenant. There's reward, there's a cost, but there is a reward. Listen, when we're saying victory in Jesus and we're seeing the victory is coming, there came a price with covenant with Christ on the cross. It took us from conviction to covenant. It took us from convenient relationships to covenant relationship. The most sought after, most beautiful, most bought price of covenant we've ever seen on the face of the earth. And it bought a price not just for us to be able to make it into heaven, but so that heaven can make it into us. And it, it died for your marriage. It died for your sins. It died for your disease. It died for your illness. It died for your financial issues. Victory is here. Amen. Covenant came with a price, but the reward is crazy. He says that he, he endured the, Christ for, the cross for the joy set before him. came to seek and save that which was lost. What's that? Listen, that is not just who. That is, is everything in our lives. That's the reward of covenant. The father saw this messed up system and saw this disconnect from his family. But he's so in love with us. He wants us to be so in love with him. He died and he gave it all to connect us back to the father. Because he wants covenant with us. That's the reward. I'm going to re-preach last week's message opposite. So go with me to Acts 2. Acts 2. How many feel good? Give your neighbor a high five. Last week we talked about it is not time to put on the brakes. It is not time to let off the accelerator. It's time to go for it. It's time to go for it. It's time to go for the covenant and your broken relationships in your families. It's time to go for the broken relationships you may have in, in business or in your, your work world. It's time to go for it. It's time to go. It's time to go all in with Jesus. It's not time to let off. It's not time to neglect your Bible or your prayer time. Or It's not time to let off and just coast. It is time to press in and go for it. I can't, I can't read your Bible for you. I can't connect you to Jesus personally. You, that, that's you. We fan into the flame. We, we, we equip the believers for the work of the ministry. That, that's, that's our role here. Our job is not to read your Bible. Our job is not for you to have worship time with Jesus. Our job is not to cultivate the covenant in your personal life with Jesus Christ. Our job is to stir up a hunger in you for you to do that. It's the Ruach breath of God. He's doing something here.
Acts 2. Acts 2, last week we talked about Acts 2, the cost was selling everything, giving of all your possessions, devoting yourselves to the believers, coming in one mind, one accord. The Acts 2 church gave up everything. We sometimes get in this debate, we made a joke last week, you know, as I was speaking about, you know, sometimes people are, are, are like, well, the tithing was for the Old Testament. All right, then go ahead and do the New Testament, give it all. <laughs> Try that out. See, see if you like that. So... So you can hold on to the old times if you like the 10%, but how about you just give it all if you're not too much into that? That'd be fun. We're not building a compound here, by the way. We're not asking to sell everything and create a, uh, a upper room dynasty here. But what, what we are asking of is just a covenant heart. It's a covenant heart. Like, like it's, it's amazing that some of the questions we get. It's like we were supporting a missionary and then we later find out he doesn't believe in tithing. So we're supporting $400 a month to this missionary who doesn't believe tithe is the local church. It's just wherever you want to scatter your seed. Yeah, the storehouse. There's actually a storehouse that collects a harvest, and a storehouse is actually where the seeds are kept, and a storehouse is the local body. So you scatter that seed, and you see how that goes for you, because most of the time when people say that, they're not really actually scattering the seed. I'm all for offering and sowing seed wherever you want. That's your seed. The tithe goes to the local storehouse. The offering, put it where you want, man. Go for it. I love, we love blessing lives. Nicole and I give 40% of our income out. We love it. It's so fun to give. It is fun. But what I'm talking about is the, the, the ability to actually invest in something in covenant. Covenant comes with a cost. Let's go to Malachi 3.10. Let's divert here for just a second. Covenant comes with a cost. So, so this missionary, we we're giving him 400 a month, but, but he didn't believe in tithing. I'm like, oh, that. That's a little rough for me because you like what you're receiving here and you're getting from this goose egg, but you're not paying into it. <laughs> you want the pool party, but you're not sewing into what actually paid for the pool party. You, you want the discount on the conference ticket, but you're not sowing the seed into what's paying for the conference. If you're going to take, you got to give. If you want to get the benefits of covenant and the, the reward of covenant and that, that beautiful thing of covenant, then you actually, it has to cost you something. Okay, I give work 40 hours of hard work a week and every two weeks they throw this thing in my account called a paycheck. It's amazing. It's the benefit and the cost, right? There's a cost and there's a benefit. Supply, demand. They demand of my time and they give me a supply of money. It's amazing. I wore flip-flops today so I could step on your toes and it wouldn't hurt so bad. <laughs> Malachi 3.10. Here's what we're going to roll with. <laughs> By the way, if this is your first time here, it'll be like another six months before I talk on finances. So you're good. All right. <laughs> all right. 310, here's the cost, but here's the benefit. All right. This is amazing. This is only, it's your choice to give. I don't care what you give. It's your choice to give. It, it is your choice whether you give of your time, treasure, talent. It's your choice whether you love. It's your choice whether you, whether you commit yourself to something. That's your choice. Your choice is all up to you about covenant. That's your choice. It says this, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. So, so he's saying, here's what you have to do. Here's your cost, but here's the benefit. It says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see... 
if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that we will not be room enough to store it. Let's go into 11 here. It says this. Come on, internet. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord God Almighty. Now, now listen, the cost is testing God in your tithe and then the benefit, the reward is see if he opens up the floodgates of heaven so much you can't contain it and then you have the right to rebuke the enemy's devour. You get to rebuke the things that are trying to take from your life. Not just finances, I'm talking disease, I'm talking anything that's trying to attack you. When you have a covering of covenant and a covering of family, all of a sudden you have a right to rebuke depression, to rebuke illness, to rebuke these things that are attacking you, nightmares, those things. Why? Because I am in my father's house doing my father's business. I'm just a visitor if I'm not in covenant. I'm just a visitor if I'm not giving of my time, talent, and treasure. I want family, I don't want visitors, and I don't want members. Members come and go, families stick together. All right, let's move into Acts 2. That is my rant on money. Everybody say amen. amen. By the way, we have an incredible giving church. It's incredible to be a part of a place that actually understands the faith, the principles, and the trust in our finances, and the realization that they're actually not ours. What's it look like if we actually realize that all of God, it's all of his time, it's all of his money, and it's all of him and everything of part of our lives? What's that actually look like to treasure our time as if it's all God's anyway? It makes those extra weeks when we have prayer night a little easier because it's his anyway. All right, Acts 2. Last week, I felt like I was just a little bit of, mm, mm. I was like, no, this week it's going to be reward. It's going to be pretty and nice and make people feel good today. <laughs> all right, Acts 2. Let's do it. Okay, Acts 2. Remember, sold all their possessions, gave everything. All right, and here's what happens. Going into around 46, 47. It says, all the while, now here's the reward. There is reward and covenant. All right. So we, we kind of got through that, the cost of covenant. We got that through, like I was even going to do a, a message entitled today, covenant isn't always a two-way street. So we get through the pursuit of Elisha. We get through the pursuit of Timothy to Paul. And, and above all, Jesus says, deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow me. It comes with a cost, but it's not always a two-way street. If you're going into covenant because you only want something in return, it's not really covenant. If you're going into covenant only because you want something out of that relationship or person, then it's not really covenant. Because covenant is actually me giving of myself and not expecting anything in return. If there's true covenant, when I give of myself, the other person will give of themselves, and now we'll have covenant established. And guess what? When we know we have covenant is when we come upon hard times, controversy, issues, or disagreement, and guess what? We still fight for unity. Now we have covenant. We don't know if we have covenant until it's tested. We share the story often when, about Drew and Christy. And Christy uh, is a member here. She's amazing. Where are you? Probably teaching today. So, yeah. So, anyway, she's leaving their, the church a year ago from November 1st, past November 1st. All of a sudden, they rear end a semi. 
at 70 some miles an hour, he dies instantly. Now he's leading our outreach, leading our evangelism, leading our school, and they're both helping lead and pour into the youth. And we lose him out of nowhere, unexpected trauma in their life. In the church, she breaks her neck, hip, everything. Not everything, neck, hip, and I think arm or pinky or something. So she didn't break everything, just nearly everything that would be important to function in life. So she does this. Now, Nicole and I have been pouring into covenant and, and, and family and community and, and cultivating a culture of honor and a culture of family here. Listen, it was something we wanted because we don't want a business, we don't want an organization as a church, and we don't want an orphanage. There's a million churches across the earth that call themselves churches that are really either businesses or orphanages who are raising up people to not know who they are and whose they are. So, and, and, and by the way, we're covenant with so many churches and it's amazing. And I have friends in all denominations and I love the body. I love the bride. I just wouldn't want to attend everyone I see. So, so we have these things. And so Nicole and I, like, we don't want a business. We don't want an organization. We don't want a system. We don't want a building that hosts programs. We want a family that's hosting his presence and commissioning people for their assignments who know their identity and who and whose they are. That's what we want. So we started cultivating and just pressing into love and honor and family and community and doing life together, not ministry together. When we bring on a, a, a new, new person in the staff or, or higher level leadership, they have to meet a few, a few criteria. They have to be fun to be around. I have to want to be around them. They have to want, and want what's, what we're chasing after and want what's in my heart and what the vision of the church is. And we actually want to hang out together. There they are. There's three there. I just kind of miscounted. There's three there. There are three things. Okay. Anyway, that's the thing. That's covenant. So, so this tragedy happens. This trauma happens. And I'll be honest. I did, we, Nicole and I were getting frustrated. We were, getting, we were not seeing the fruit of covenant. We were not seeing the fruit of family. We weren't seeing the fruit of the culture of honor. And it felt like we were just plowing and pressing and pushing. And, and, and then what happens is this tragedy happens. And I'll be honest. Let me fast forward through the story just because some of you have heard it so many times. But let me fast forward. All of a sudden, they need us. The church needs to come together. And, and all of a sudden, we saw the fruit in the harvest of family. There was prayer meetings happening here. There's a team at the hospital with her. There's a team at the morgue praying that he'd be raised from the dead. Now, that's a fun church. Listen, this is, we, we are believing, we are faith-filled. I mean, the, to go through this journey... And to see what happened during that time was absolutely amazing. I established right there, I put a stake in the ground and said, this is home. I'm proud to be running with this group of people. I'm proud to be in covenant with this group of people. I'm proud to be family. Because when the circumstance came and tragedy came, everybody came together and surrounded this family who needed it. And we took care of our widows, not because just the Bible said so, but because the love we had here. Sometimes you don't know what you have until you actually need it. Listen, the farmers, they work so hard and there's a cost of what they go into. They buy the seeds, they work the ground, they plow the ground, they till the ground, they disc the ground, they plant the seeds, they kill the weeds. And then all of a sudden it's just a dirt field. And before you know it, the rain comes and the perfect climate comes and the perfect things come together. Then all of a sudden you see the corn just shoot up 
And a nice rain, you know, it goes from here. And over a week, a weekend, all of a sudden I came, I've been on trips before. And I go away for a week and I come back, or I go away for four days and I come back. And the corn goes from here to here in just a few days. Listen, that's there. The seed's there. But sometimes you don't even know it's there. It just looks like a dirt field until you actually need it. Then there's a harvest. Then there's a, there's a fruit that's multiplying. There's a harvest. Listen, there was a cost, and there was a cost to plow into that ground. There was a cost, a cost to plant that seed. But then came a harvest to reap the reward. And that's what happened. So we came together, and then what we didn't know we had was there all along. It just needed water. It just needed a circumstance. And that's the test of covenant. But the reward is the fruit of the harvest. Acts 2, it says this. It says, in each day, the Lord, let's back up. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. That's the reward. Listen, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. There's fun in covenant. When you're actually liking who you're around and actually going deep and you're learning each other and the mysteries of the things you don't know about each other. Now, all of a sudden, you're having fun together. The next thing it says, then they were added to daily. It says, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship and those who were being saved. It said thousands. Thousands were added to them daily. Listen, there is a harvest. They plowed, they sold everything, the cost, and then there's a harvest. Let me, let me read one verse that I read last week. Let me read it in a different context. Philippians 3.10 says this, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Listen, here's the deal. Last week we focused on saying that everybody wants the power of his resurrection, but no one actually wants the participation of the sufferings. Listen, that is a part of it. But let me focus this week on the power of his resurrection. We actually get to participate. We actually get to be a part of the power of his resurrection. Listen, I was once dead to sin, but Jesus came into my life. I got baptized. I got filled with the spirit and Jesus came in and all of a sudden I enjoyed and participated in the power of his resurrection. That's the reward of covenant. There might be sufferings. There might be participation in his sufferings, but there is the power of his resurrection. There is still the power of the resurrection. I feel like I'm on fire today. I feel like I can't stop screaming. I like it a lot. All right. The band can come. Last night, I was so intense. Nicole and I, we're going to have hot tub time. Like, we were like, cold pool, let's, let's, let's get in a hot tub. So, like, I don't know what I got on. I don't even know what we were talking about. And I was like, I was just amped up. And I, sometimes I just like being amped up. Are you with me? I like, I like soaking in his presence. And I like soaking prayer. But sometimes I just like the fervent Fiery. The fervent actually means fiery, right, Sue? The fiery prayer of a righteous man avails much. Come on, somebody. All right. Let's go with Joshua here. Let's end on this. Let's land this thing. So the reward for David's mighty men was Zion. The reward for Elisha in that covenant was the double portion. The reward for David's mighty men, Zion. Then we have the double portion. And, and let, me just, let me just carry on here. So the reward of Jesus' covenant with us is eternal life. It, we get that reward. We benefit. 
Listen, I'll be honest with you though. The father sees it as one of his benefits too because he gets to be with his children. But the reward is us. We get to be in eternal life. So then you get to, you get to Timothy. Timothy, Paul's saying, follow me as I follow Christ. They had this covenant. And guess what the reward for the covenant was? There's a church in Ephesus in revival. In revival, it was thriving and growing. The largest church Paul had grown up. And then he hands it over to Timothy. So Timothy takes over and pastors this church that was thriving in the midst of revival. But the gift was sonship. The reward was sonship and this legacy and this inheritance. Solomon had that with David and he got there to get the tabernacle. And David worked the rest of his life when he was told that he wasn't going to be the one to build the tabernacle. He worked the rest of his life setting up his son. Ruth and Naomi, they were covenant there. Here's a, here's a, a woman that had lost both her sons. And, and the one daughter-in-law stays with, with her and the other daughter-in-law leaves. And, and then they're having to go to the fields and get scraps out of the fields just for food. And then Boaz kind of catches on what's happening. He says, leave extra in the field. Listen, they had covenant, but there was a reward of a marriage to Boaz later and a life abundantly to come. Listen, Jesus didn't just promise life. He added life abundantly in John 10, 10. It was life and life abundantly. God doesn't want to just settle for you to be mediocrity. God doesn't want to settle for us to be apathetic. He wants us to be alive. He wants us to live in the fruits and the rewards of covenant of the cross. He wants us to live in the fruits of the cross. He wants us to be fruity. <laughs> Tell another story. Josh, he's, he's our go-to. Earlier service, I said, he's like our Danny Silk. He's, he's like the swing, okay? Sometimes I'm like, Josh, is this weird? Should I do this? Yes, that's weird. Don't do that. So I asked him, I was like, man, Josh, like we're a free church. We love it. You'll come here. There'll be flags and screaming. And, and listen, if they can do it at a sporting event, why can't we do it for Jesus? So you go to a funeral, you go to something else or a, little, or a wedding, you know, some people are laughing, some are crying, some are falling over because they locked their knees, you know, whatever. It's like, you just don't know. So, so it's like, why can't we be that emotional? So you never know what you're going to get here. All right. But we do believe in like, there is order in the kingdom. The Bible says that, but we want freedom in our worship and freedom in his presence. David danced out of his clothes. If that starts to happen, yeah, we might address that one. So there was a lady here that was just, just doing some kooky stuff. And I'm like, man, Josh, I took him in the office. We talked privately. I was like, Ooh, man, is this one we confront or do we let this one go? Josh looks for a second, does one of the wise. Josh, Josh has some wisdom in his head. You can see it. Does one of these thinker modes here. He's like, you know that they say, Aaron, in our stream and the kind of church we are, it's, it's like a box of cereal. There's always fruit loops, nuts, and flakes. <laughs> All right, we'll roll with it. Had another friend tell me, you know, when you're praying for fire, sometimes you get wildfires. So eventually we did have to confront something. But anyway, it was, um, you, you just never know what you're going to get. It's a culture of freedom. And I don't know, I'm just trying to bridge something right now. Why I even just told that story? Yeah. Living in the benefits and the fruit of the cross. Fruity. Fruity. Thanks, brother. Amazing. <laughs> Last night, he was walking in. Eric was walking in the pool. I was walking in the pool. All right. We got our two little girls there. I was like, daddy duty. He's like, daddy duty. Fist bump that. <laughs> we rocked that two-fit pool, didn't we? <laughs> we did. Yes, we did. All right, Joshua. 
We're going to wrap this up. We're going to close here, all right? And I'm only going to do a 20-minute closing today. No, the weather's too nice. I'm going kayaking. Let's get this done. All right. I'm using the kayak you guys bought me for the first time today. Okay. I just remembered that. Let's fast forward now. God's already healed people, so let's just move on. So I'm just joking. All right. Let me land this thing. I used to want to be a comedian. It's probably a good thing I didn't go that route. Okay. So Joshua, they're at the river here. They're, they're, they're going into getting ready to cross in the promised land. Last week, we talked about the covenant, the cost of covenant in Moses. So in this, this text of scripture that I read last week, Joshua 5, 1 through 9, it talks about where he's sharpening flint. And, and it says that this generation of adults hadn't been circumcised yet. So, so he's sharpening rocks to circumcise these men. All right? And it says that they had journeyed for 40 years and some of the fathers died. Now listen, that is a cost of covenant, journeying and going after something that you, that you will never see. Going after something that you pay for, you sacrifice for, and you die for, and you're never going to see the fruit of it. Now that is covenant. That's covenant to, to Moses saying, we're going with, we got your back, man. We're going. We might gripe along the way. We might want to threaten going back to slavery. We may complain when there's no water and some food. And then boom, poof, breads and donuts start falling from the sky. Glory to God. And I'm pretty sure they were Jim's, not Bill's donuts. Just saying. Okay, so this happens. So now they come back to this place and Josh was there. And he said, okay, now it's time. And he, what he's saying there is, listen, it's time. Do you got my back? Are you all in? Are you literally all in? Do you got my back? Because it's going to cost you something. I'm going to circumcise you. It's going to come with a price. If you're all in, we're going to the promised land. We're going to the land of milk and honey. That was the cost. The reward was this. They get to enter into the promised land. Stand with me. The promised land that their fathers paid a price for that they didn't even get to see. Now, all of a sudden, they're getting to enter into this, and they get to experience the reward, and they get to play from another generation paying. What are we doing? What are we willing to pay that another generation will play? There's been times in my life I didn't even know why I was there. I didn't even know why I was doing what I was doing. I didn't understand things. But I know now as I look back, like God had me in that place to prepare me for this, and that one to prepare me for this, and it's been this, this big, crazy, long ride but here I am. But many of the things are the fruits now of what we paid earlier. I'll just be honest with you. The things we're experiencing now were birthed out of youth prayer nights on Thursday nights years ago. Some of the things we're experiencing now were your parents or grandparents fasting and praying for you. It was grandmas who were on their knees begging for God to bring you back home. Many of you. I had grandparents and mom and a dad that was praying for me that I'd come to know Jesus. Boom, at 26 years old, I encounter a father, I encounter a crazy God, and I encounter Jesus Christ. Listen, that's, that's what he wants. He wants you just to encounter him. He wants to encounter you. That's covenant. I just want to pray for you. Listen, I, I, I'm just going to end with this. The greatest covenant on earth is Jesus Christ. 
It's the greatest covenant that we've ever been invited into. It's, it's knowing that he died on a cross for our sins. It's knowing that he paid a price for us to be saved, healed, and delivered, and to get into heaven, and heaven to get in us. That is the greatest covenant, that he bridged a gap when we fell to sin, as humanity fell to sin. The Father loved us so much that he sent his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. That is the greatest covenant. It's the greatest invitation of covenant of all times. So I'm going to start by praying for that. And afterwards, if you said this prayer for the first time, or you don't understand it, or if you don't know if you're, if you're saved or not, I want to talk to you after church. I want to, I want to explain that to you. I want to, I want to talk to you about that step and what's next. All right? But then I just want to pray for covenant to be restored. I want to pray for the restoration of relationships and the restoration of the things in your life that have been destroyed. Right now, you're being invited into covenant with God, with this church, and with each other. You're being, it's an invitation for covenant, and it's only your choice whether or not you do it or not. So God, I thank you right now for the greatest gift of all, covenant with you. I thank you right now for the greatest gift to humanity is eternal life with you, is life and life abundantly. You're amazing, God. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for conquering death, hell, and the grave. And I thank you that you have put victory in us. You have put victory in our hand. You have put victory in our hearts, in our lives, God. Thank you for that. Bless you, Father. I thank you for covenant. I thank you for covenant people. I thank you that we've got each other's backs. I thank you for covenant and the reward of covenant. I also thank you for the cost of covenant. I thank you that it actually requires something of us. It's not just a what can we get, but it's what can we give, God. God, it's about what can we give, not just what can we get. So God, I pray for restoration of covenant, covenant people, covenant church, covenant into the church, covenant with each other in the church, covenant of churches who are part of the bride. I pray for, Doris, right now you knock down barriers of denominational differences, barriers of, of theological differences and minor doctrine differences right now. I pray for covenant to be united among Baptists and Methodists and Nazarenes and Pentecostals and non-denominationals. God, I pray right now for a bridge and a covenant to go deep, God, that your bride will experience revival. Unite your bride. Make her beautiful and big. Unite your bride, God. Unite the Catholics and the Lutherans and the Protestants the evangelicals, God, unite us in your presence, unite us in just the knowledge of Jesus Christ, unite us at the cross, God, you paid a price for unity, not division, God, God, we pray for covenant and families right now to be restored, we pray for prodigals to come home, we pray for prodigals to come home safely, God, pray right now just for the covenant of marriages to be restored. The covenant of children and fathers and grandparents to be restored right now. Pray for mothers too, God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for the reward and the benefit of covenant. In Jesus' name.